Welcome to Water and Stone Podcast. You are listening to episode 114. Our Sunday worship service for April 28, 2019 is titled, What Now? It's the seventh in the series, Keep It Real. Keep moving forward. So this scripture comes in an important part. I'll read it in a second. Some of you know your Bible, you went to Sunday school, and you know that part where Saul, who is kind of a bad guy in the story so far, is doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and we'll get into that in a minute maybe, but he's on his road doing the best he can, knowing what he knows and doing what he does to do terrible things, but doing the best he can. Because that's exactly what it takes to get to your turning point. You do the best you can with what you got. And there he is on the road to Damascus getting ready to go do some more nasty stuff. Saul was a persecutor of the early Christians. This is after Easter. You name it. Use your imagination. Mean bad things that he could do. He probably did them. You're probably right with whatever it is you're imagining. And there he is on the road. Something happens on the way. As he was traveling, it happened that he was approaching Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, this is the moment. And one way or another, people know what that moment feels like in one way or another. Now, if you're the kind of person that feels like the ministry and life and teachings of Jesus Christ is a guilt-based situation... You can decide to paint a picture of Jesus as someone who showed up to Paul and come on, why are you bothering me? You're being so mean. But that doesn't line up, does it? And more than that, you know in your own life that guilt is a terrible motivator. I don't know about you, but I've been in situations where I felt guilty about something and really all I did was I found a sneakier way to do whatever it was that I wanted to do. You've been a teenager before. Guilt is not a good motivator. All it does is make us sneakier and more resentful over time. And that ain't how it works. As you know, Saul and who Saul becomes is the beginning of a huge explosion in what happens to the Christian movement. You can't get there with guilt. That's not what this is about. Wrong question, wrong answer. Instead, this is a question for you and me. And the question has less to do with what are you willing to feel guilty about and more this question. Why is it Knowing what I know with the the tools and the assets that I have, why do I keep doing a goofy thing? This is a question you can direct outward at other people. Why did you do that thing? Knowing what you know, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for you. You've got all these amazing things going for you. Why'd you drop the ball again? That's the question. It's the what next question. It's a question about... Freedom. And as you know, freedom is at the core of what we talk about here. It's at the core of what Jesus Christ talked about all the time. We talk about it every week in one way or another. It's the reason I say that thing I say at the end of all of my talks. And it's one of those things that we need to understand. That at the core of each and every child of God is freedom. It's an incredible thing. It's a scary thing maybe, but it's an incredible thing nonetheless. That no matter what else is going on, you are free. 
No one can make you think a certain way. And as you think, so your life becomes. So fundamentally, you are free. That's how amazing you are as a child of God. This is something we talk about all the time. Table stakes, right? And one of the things that you've heard me say before is, here's how free you are. And I go here, you've heard me say this, but it bears repetition. Here's how free you are. There were people who hung around with Jesus Christ there for the miracles, there for the lessons, there for the journey, there for Easter morning, who didn't get it, who, who weren't changed by the experience. Can you imagine that? <laughs> this is a big deal. That's how free we are. We're so free that we can miss the point when it's staring us in the face. And maybe you know what that feels like. Look at your life. I don't know about you, but I've had lots of times when the right answer was just hitting me over the head and I refused to do the right thing. Ego reasons, stubborn reasons, who knows why, doesn't matter why. We're past it, right? Maybe your life has got one or two of those too. Those, I could have had a V8 moments. I could have been better. I knew better. I had everything going for me. Why? And that's what we're talking about right now. That's how free we are. And I want you to know that because it's, it's a way that you might be able to let yourself off the hook a little bit. Some people, myself included... Spend a lot of time going, you know, why can't I just get through to you? I clearly know better than you about how you ought to be living your life. I've got all of this. Let me, let me, let me lay out my plan for your future. You know what I mean? Well-meaning, but that idea of I know the thing. I've been through the thing. I, I got it right here. Why don't you listen to me? Why can't I get through to you? And you can blame yourself and feel guilty when that person you love does a silly thing. You can be mad at them for not listening to the greatness of you. Hey, we've all been there. But you can get to a place of feeling pretty rotten about it one way or the other. But let's do the math on that one last time. If people were in the presence of Jesus Christ and didn't get it, maybe you're thinking a little too highly about yourself. If he couldn't get the point across, maybe it's not about getting the point across. Maybe. Just maybe, this isn't about giving somebody something they don't have already. Maybe it's about seeing something that was always there. And maybe they have to choose differently. Maybe we can forgive ourselves for not saving the world every five seconds. Forgiveness is at the core of this. Can you forgive yourself? Can you say, you know what, I did the best I could with the information I had then. Now I'm going to do different. Now I'm going to do better. I'm going to keep on trucking. Maybe that's at the core of this forgiveness thing. Maybe we can start to forgive ourselves. Maybe we can start to forgive other people. Forgiveness is at the core of the Christian message, isn't it? You've seen the bumper stickers. It's kind of what we do. But at the core of the forgiveness idea is the concept, you ready, that we're all in this together. This is important. You want to get along with other people? Find common ground. You want to get along with other people? You want to find love? You want to be a good friend, a good partner, a good husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, father, daughter, whatever. You want to be a good person in the world. Remember that we're all in this together. And by that, I mean that each and every one of us is, as the Bible says, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That means that the isness and the allness, the fullness of God, all the love and healing and life and miracles and whatever it is that you want is already here. So stop looking for something you already got and start using what you have. What I'm saying is so much resentment between people is based on resources. 
you won't take this thing that I'm trying to give you, or you've got a thing that I want and I need, and how dare you have it and I don't have it. How many fights start that way? Like children arguing over their toys. And look, I know what it feels like to go, you know what, a couple other bucks would really help. I'm trying to build a building and all of that. I get it. But there's no winning down that road. What if we stop arguing about resources? We stop thinking about something that is or isn't or far away or near. What if we stop arguing over resources and we start realizing that if God is already here, it's not about what I can get. It's about what I do with what I have. This is where faith begins. This is where life begins. So that's all great, but it doesn't really answer the question that we started with, which is why do people do nutty things? (laughs) Okay, great. So everybody's got access to all there is of God. How come they're still acting so so goofy? How come I did all of those things? And you look back at your life 3 o'clock in the morning, you think of the thing you said in fifth grade and you can't go to sleep because of it, whatever it is. You know what I mean. Why? How come I can't just get motivated? How come you just can't get off the couch Carry on, my wayward son, please get a job, I think is how the song goes, something like that. (laughs) How come? But once again, maybe this is about looking in a different place. Because here's the thing. You and me and everybody else, as a child of God, are already born with a yearning for the divine, with a desire to see something bigger and need to break through and need to be a hero and to witness the revolution of it. You and I are already motivated. It's just that that motivation gets filtered through all kinds of stuff. Some people are motivated to make a lot of money. Some people are really motivated to stay on the couch. But they're motivated. You try to get them off that couch and watch how that works for you. (laughs) Motivation ain't the problem. Persist in your motivation and you will be rewarded. Persist in your passion. But to that passion, add openness. And you will get to the place where change can happen. That's the trick. Stop trying to stop because the only way out is through. I'm going to say that again because it's important. The only way out is through. That's a big deal. What can you be open to? The, the guy in our story, Saul, perhaps you've heard of him, was a rabbi, a teacher, and really good at learning the law and really good at punishing people who didn't know the law and all of that. Like I said, imagine a nasty thing, he probably did it. But that was just his weekend job. He also had a day job. <laughs> There's just like a, a couple of lines in scripture about it, but he also trained as a tent maker. And that seems like a throwaway thing. You know, who cares? So, yeah, that's how he paid the bills. Great. He's a tent maker. But as it turns out, that's really important. And it's really important for a deep spiritual teaching that I want to share with you. It's something that I say all the time. Are you ready? Here's the teaching that I want you to take home with you. It's something I say all the time. You ready? Everything is like everything. I know that sounds silly, but it's important. Everything is like everything. The way you do one thing says everything about everything else you got going on. If you really pay attention, the way that you make your coffee in the morning, the way you feel when your favorite song comes on, the way that you part your hair or whatever, the way that you do any little thing, 
if you're really paying attention, will say everything about everything you got going on on the inside, about your relationship with God, about what you need to do next, about how God's trying to talk to you. There are people who say, I just wish I knew myself. Look around. It's that Palm Sunday morning. Remember when Jesus said, you know what, if these people were quiet, the stones would cry out. And part of that statement is the very fabric of the universe is showing everything that you got going on on the inside. Your outside shows. Everything is like everything. Just look around a little bit. Look around you. As it turns out, Saul was a rabbi a lot like he was a tent maker. The way that he was a tent maker reflected the way that he followed the teachings. Everything he did was kind of propped up from the inside. No substance. Just a fragile structure. Just kind of propped up. Nothing going on on the inside. Later on in in the book of Romans, he talks about how he just felt so empty. He talks about the struggle that he had because he would persecute these early Christians because he was trying to stop it. But no matter what he did, it didn't work. And he was very well accomplished. Straight A student, valedictorian, whatever, just killing it. Good performance reviews in general. Doesn't matter. Nothing got done. As he persecuted the early Christians, he caused them to have to leave town and go to other places. But everywhere they went, they spread that message with him. Christianity spread because he was trying to snuff it out. Oops. And like I said, in Romans, he talks about the idea that these people, even though we were doing everything we could to punish them and make them feel bad, we would just turn the tables on them and and ruin their outside situation. No matter what went on on the outside, these Christians, they had something on the inside that we just couldn't touch. And Saul said something that I was so jealous of. I just wanted that same connection. As a rabbi, he was a great tent maker because everything is like everything. It's a wonderful thing to get past the have-tos where you get past just the the fulfilling obligations and paying the bills to get past the the existence part of life to get past the have-tos and into the want-tos. You start doing the things that you want to do. He wanted to be a rabbi. But that doesn't get you everywhere you want to go. So here's the big news bulletin. Life is not about getting what you want. Because sometimes you have gotten what you wanted and really wish that you hadn't, huh? Life isn't about getting what I I want because what do I know? There's something else that has to happen. If you go through your life with just what you think you want, sooner or later life will take you to a place where you've got to do something you don't want to do and that's where the rubber meets the road. What happens to you when you've got to do something that you don't want to do? Some people push harder and they dig in and they want to impose more and more of their ego on the situation. They fight it. Some people medicate and they try to find a way to distract themselves and sort of hide underneath it and get get really little. But either way, that thing that they don't want to do, that moment just perpetuates and perpetuates and gets stronger. And you know why it gets stronger? It gets stronger because God is trying to tell you something. What if... There's no accidents in the universe. What if wherever you are, you're supposed to be there to learn something so that you can make the world a better place? I think about one of my heroes, a guy named Yvonne Chouinard. I've talked about him once or twice, a mountain climber, important guy. He uh, revolutionized the mountain climbing industry. He scored a lot of first ascents. You know what a first ascent is? It's the first guy on the top of a mountain. He did a lot of important first ascents all over the world. Really rock star athlete. Hey, you might know him better as the CEO of Patagonia. They make really expensive clothes and stuff, and I want everything they make. Christmas is coming. But uh, just one of those guys. 
Huge success story. Written a couple of books about it, the whole thing. He's got a book called Let My People Go Surfing. Great title. But when he was a kid, he was forced to work in his father's blacksmith shop. He didn't want to do it. Because he just wanted to go surfing. He just wanted to climb mountains. He just wanted to get out there in the world. And imagine a more oppressive place with the heat and the grime and the whole thing. But he had to do it. He had to do it to pay the bills. He had to do it to fulfill family obligations, to make his dad proud. All of that stuff. And there he is in the blacksmith shop doing that thing. But he's a smart guy. And he got good at it. And he got really good at it. And it seems like it doesn't matter. But then one day he was out there climbing and he realized, you know what? These tools that we have, the old-fashioned mountain climbing gear, it doesn't serve the purpose. It's not safe. And more than that, we're screwing up the mountain as more people climb. We're damaging the environment and all of that. If only somebody knew how to make tools that were better. Wait a minute. It turned out that all of that work he had done put him in exactly the right place to create new tools and new gear that revolutionized the industry, made him a multimillionaire, was better for the environment. Everybody wins because he decided to be where he was with openness. That's the secret ingredient. Look, I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm not here to motivate anybody. Like I said, everybody is already motivated. You want to do something. Do it with an open heart. Do it with the idea that maybe if I just listen, maybe if I am profoundly and intentionally and genuinely where I am, I will leave room for God to tell me something. What if I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be? That's the question I want you to ask yourself this week. What if I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be? Not to wallow in it, but to transform it and to be transformed in the process. Because the thing about us human beings is that we are profoundly good at getting good at stuff. You know, other animals kind of hunt and fish and graze and hibernate and whatever it is that animals do. I'm not a big Discovery Channel watcher. Other animals just do whatever it is that they've been doing for generations and generations. And evolution happens, but not by much. It's usually they kind of do things the same way over and over again. But us human beings, you put us in a situation and we will master it. We'll get better at it. We will innovate. We'll find new ways to do it. We'll find ways to not do it. We'll find all kinds of things. Humans are good at mastering things. Unfortunately, sometimes we're good at being really good at a dysfunctional relationship. Sometimes we're really masters at doing things that are toxic and all that. But you get good at things. Think about your life. You have been in situations where if you just sit in it, you get good at it. You figure out where the, where the traffic cops are, so to speak. You know when you can speed and when you can't. And in that metaphor, carries through all levels of life. We get good at things. It's what we do. But there's something magical that happens when you get good, so good at something that you can't do it anymore. Something amazing happens when you get promoted to the level of your incompetence in life. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, that thing that I was so good at, it just doesn't apply anymore. Either it makes me feel sick or the thing doesn't work anymore. Nobody wants that thing that I thought they wanted. You know what I mean. Your life is a story of those moments where you get in a situation, you get good at it, and then you get to that jumping off point where something's got to change. That what they call the omega point in your life. And if you're like me, if you're like everybody else in this room, Your life is a story of how you have responded to that omega point. Because sometimes people get to that that brink where the old stuff didn't work anymore. 
And what do I do? Or my ego can't solve this problem anymore. What do I do? And some people retreat. Some people fight it. They ignore it. I'm going to keep doing the same thing. Even though I'm not fooling anybody, I'm going to try. You know what I mean. Maybe your life is a story of how you did that successfully and you made the jump and maybe sometimes you did and I get it. Everybody's got those stories. That was then and this is now. I'm here to tell you that right now and moving forward from now on you can be the kind of person who looks at the abyss, who looks at that cliff, that jumping off point and says, okay, here I go. Because no matter what, God's God and I'm me and we got this together. You can be the kind of person that can move forward in faithful ways because I'm here to tell you if there's no accidents in the universe, God has given you exactly what you need. If you just say, okay, just say okay. So what will you do? What will you do when you get to that place where the old stuff doesn't work anymore? Like I said, some people decide to just impose more of their ego on the situation. And they go to church to find new ways to have more of themselves imposed on the world. And you know exactly what I mean. Because there's lots of churches that say, I don't need you to change. You're just beautiful just the way you are. And you are beautiful. But you got work to do. And if you go to a place that says, you know what, just stay exactly the same. Because you're supposed to be miserable. Or you're supposed to be exactly the same. Either way, both flavors say the same thing, really, if you get past the window dressing. Just stay exactly the same and we're all just going to sort of wallow in not changing. And if you follow these teachings, if you say these prayers, then you can draw a Maserati to your front driveway or whatever. You've heard that. But you don't have to be any different. So great, now I can be miserable in a Maserati instead of a Toyota. What changed? That's not what this is about. That's not how any of this works. Let me make it as clear as I can because I see a lot of books that say, you know, if you learn how to meditate, you'll be better at that job you hate. Is that the point? The point of spirituality is not for you to conquer the world, it's for you to get over yourself. That I want embroidered on something. The point of spirituality is not for you to conquer the world, it's for you to get over yourself. It's for you to get out of the way. It's for something different to happen. It's to go, okay, God, I'm ready now to get out of the way. Okay, I am sick of living like a tent maker where everything I do is sort of propped up from the inside. I want something with substance. Now how I respond to that moment is challenging. In that story, when Saul meets Jesus on the road to Damascus and confronted with this this truth, this brilliance of theirs, Jesus Christ on the road saying, what what are you doing? You know what happens next. Saul is so transfixed by this brilliance that he can't see. He's blind for three days. He can't see in the same way that maybe you and I can't see when something is so true right in front of us and we just don't want to do it because it involves stepping out of our comfort zone where faith lives. I don't know about you, but I've done that. Don't try this at home. There's something beautiful about that, that even this hero in the Bible can't see it for a while. I've been there. You've been there. And he's blind for three days. Oh, that's a number that sounds familiar. Lots of stuff happens in three days. And as we have learned together, that number three, three days, just means as long as it takes 
As long as it takes for the Easter miracle to happen, as long as it takes for Jonah to finally get in and go, okay, let me out of the fish, as long as it takes for Saul to decide to see things differently. Those three days are important because that first day is about half to. A lot of people live their life doing what they have to do, meeting obligations, living up to other people's expectations, paying the bills. I get it. And that second day is want to. And that's beautiful. Get to where you get to do what you want to do. I love that and I want that for you. But like I said before, that's not the end. Some people stop there and wonder why they can't see. But the beautiful thing about this life is that you will get to the place where you can't even see what you want anymore. Maybe you run through it a lot. You can win the lottery and buy some cool toys and then realize, I I can't see what I want. That's because there's a whole nother day. It's not about have to and it's not even about want to. The secret to success, revolution, heroism, spiritual mastery, whatever you want to call it, a life that works is getting too called to. It's not about what you have to do. It's not about what you want to do. What are you called to do? What are the things in your life that just are? Where is love for you? Where is beauty for you? Where do you get to that place where you do a thing, even if it doesn't make sense to you, but your heart has just got to do it? Those are the things that are meaningful. Those are the things that make us human. Those are the things that that give room for God to call us. What are you called to do? might not be a lot right now. We're not trained for it. But there's something. There's something that you just know. That's what I want for you. Dig in that spot. Figure out what's there for you. There's something you're called to do. And it doesn't matter if it makes any sense at all. It probably doesn't make sense. Who cares? If it's for you to do, it will be done by you. Give yourself to it. Now, Saul becomes Paul. You know the deal. Now, there's a familiar name. If you didn't know the Saul name, you know the Paul name. Because a good old big hunk of the Bible is written by Paul. And a big old reason why there's Christian churches all over the world is because the missionary work that he did, going out and and speaking and teaching and healing and writing those letters and doing all that stuff and writing the stuff and making it happen. Saul becomes Paul. And it's a popular idea that something magic happens and he drops the old name and gets up a new name. He stops being Saul and he starts being Paul. And I love that it's a romantic idea. There's a lot of stories where the old they, they get rid of the old name and they get a new name. That's cool, I get it, it's a nice symbol, but that's not what happened. If you know your Bible, you know that when he was born, he was given two names. Saul, the old name, the Hebrew name, and Paul, the new name, the Roman name. He was given two names right from the beginning. And it was very common to do that. And the reason that I'm telling you that, this is not a 23andMe moment, the reason that I'm telling you that is because that's a powerful lesson. Your victory is not about being something that you haven't been before. It's about being true to something that has been true all along. Your real name, your real you, has been part of you from day one before that. The real part of you has always been true about you. This is not about a transformation. It's about a choice. Decide to be what you have always been. As it turns out, that name Saul means basically, I get what I want. And I don't know about you, but I've had times when I have lived from that place. And you can get really good at getting the promotions, at making it happen, at at paying those bills, at making that stuff happen, at getting people to do what you want. You can be Saul if you want. If you want to live in that world, you can live from that place. Better call Saul. It's one of those things. Didn't think I was going to go there? You were wrong. 
but you can't get where you need to go. Everything is a tent. You know what Paul means? It means little. It means lessened. It means I get out of the way. It's that moment where there is just a little seed, a little moment, a little idea. It's that same feeling that John the Baptist had when he saw Jesus coming and he said, I must decrease so that you can increase. It's that feeling that we have when we realize that the old tricks don't work anymore and it's time for something real. It's that feeling that we have when we have been asking God, okay, what now? How come you can't come through for me? And it turns out that that's the question that God has been asking us. How can I be small so that you can happen? Persist in your passion with openness and you will find your way to the miracle you have wanted all along. Don't stop. Keep going because the only way out is through. That feeling of frustration you might have with your situation might just be what readiness feels like. Maybe you're ready to do it different. Maybe you're ready to follow your heart. Maybe you're ready to be free. Because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you very much. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this Sunday lesson and also for taking the time to apply this in your life. Listening to the service and participating in that way is just half of the equation. The other half, and in some ways the most important half, is what you do about it. So I'm so grateful that we're hearing so many good things from people who are applying these principles in their lives to make their lives better and in some way to make their world better. And with that in mind, I want to remind you that this Easter series of lessons has all kinds of special things you can do to get ready for Easter, to get done with the stuff that you've been waiting so long to get done with and to move into a life that works for everybody. And to do that, we've been uh, allowing all kinds of extra stuff, not just the Sunday morning lesson, but we've got activities for you to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday as well. To find out more about these things and their simple steps that you can apply in just a few minutes that's going to turbocharge your healing and growth process. It's going to really be impactful in your life in all kinds of ways. To find out more about that, please follow us on social media. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. YouTube and so on, please find out about what you can do. Or just send me an email at info at waterandstonechurch.com. Check out our website, waterandstonechurch.com, to find out more about the amazing things that are going on that are going to make an amazing difference in your life. As always, if you want to help support what we're doing, uh, all you got to do is visit waterandstonechurch.com slash donate. There's all kinds of ways you can give electronically or you can shop at Amazon in such a way that it benefits the church. We've got an Amazon wish list of all kinds of stuff that's going to help us do what we want to do. And the last thing on that page is what I want to be the first thing in your heart, and that is to support this church. The best things you can do are show up, and help spread the word. So if this has made a difference in your life today, I hope you'll tell somebody else about it too. We're here for you at Water and Stone. Let us know how it goes for you. Have a great, amazing day.